This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 11th, episode 1540. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me up. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this endurance episode. Karen is back. She's here the second Tuesday of every month. Although it seems like longer than a month since I talked to you. I don't know why, but this month uh, seemed long. Well, that's because we didn't talk last month. Jennifer and I did the show last month. (gasps) That's why. I haven't talked to you since August, right? So, yes, it's been a couple of months. That's why I I was going, wow, it's been a long time. It really has been a long time. (laughs) I wasn't making that up. So, uh, we hope you're all doing well out there. And uh, I know that we have a lot of cleaning up being done on the East Coast right now. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, all the natural disasters going on, because that's not the only thing going on. Karen's been dealing with a different issue, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But Jennifer's going to tell us what is coming up on today's show. Coming up on today's endurance episode, we'll get an update on Valerie Asker's cross-country ride from Valerie herself. And then equestrian entrepreneur and trainer Kristen Amber is going to stop by for a visit. And then wrapping it all up, author Lori Olison stops by with a history lesson on endurance riding. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Okay, it also seems like Valerie's been riding for about two years. It's uh, just been five months. I know. Since, since May. <laughs> it, I'm it sure for her it seems like two years, too. It, I was just going to say, it probably does. It probably seems like she's been doing this her entire life. life. God, five months. <laughs> you, you would be, she's got to, oh. I don't know if I predicted that she would make it this long, so I give her credit. I know. I mean, she started in California, and she's been through several states. I mean, she's all the way into um, Indiana now, and they're only only like 600 miles away from finishing in Virginia. And the thoroughbreds uh, are doing well? The two thoroughbreds are both doing well. If you, uh, she's posting videos and photos almost every single day, and the horses have shiny coats. Uh, they look terrific. They're keeping their weight. Um, they're looking really, really good. I think that's a big advantage over the way she's doing it with a follow truck that has food for the horses, whereas uh-huh. the ones we followed before have just been grazing horses and, you know, begging whatever food they can get along the way. They've had no real grain or anything. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that makes a huge difference in the health of the horses because some of the other riders we followed, the horses were looking pretty shabby by the end of the ride. 
Sure. But, but I'm just impressed with how well the horses are doing because she is riding mainly on pavement. Yeah. And I mean, that's, a, that's punishing. Right. With shoes or without shoes or whatever, it's punishing. I know. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, quite... She's having quite the adventure. <laughs> that would be like you doing an endurance ride uh, on pavement uh, for the next five months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just imagine them getting up day after day. I mean, really, for five months. And they probably have another month to go. Wow. you got to really love riding. You really, <laughs> you really do. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing. If you're doing it like that, you got to love it. I, no uh, kidding. Uh, hours and hours every day because they're mostly walking. And, you know, some of it has, they've hit weather and just, ugh. Well, we'll talk to her about some of that stuff, hopefully. If we can get get her nailed down on the phone today, we'll we'll chat with her about that. Yeah. But there's been other things happening in the endurance world. What's been going on? Um, well, the uh, world championships were held in, I believe it was Slovakia, and um, we only fielded a team of two and neither of our U.S. riders finished, unfortunately, although I, I think it was a really low completion rate. And um, and I think there was, you, you know, they had some issues with um, horses having problems and stuff like that. So it's kind of the same old, same old. I, uh, we had a couple of representatives from, you know, AERC and AERC International write a letter another letter. So um, I'm not really sure where that's going. But and, and that it's venue good. is the this, same one that's bidding for the wagon in 2018. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Right, Jennifer? Isn't that the same venue uh, that's bidding for that against Tryon here in the United States? Okay. <clears throat> and we also had the uh, AERC National Championship which were at Antelope Island in Utah in September. Uh, on the 50, there were 21 starters and 18 finishers. And first and best condition went to Jill Honnold riding Solara SS. And on the 100-mile distance, 17 started and 14 finished. And the winner and best condition was uh, Leah Kane riding OT Diamante Santo. Look at you pronouncing all those names uh, officially. <laughs> hey, I'm, you know, who knows? They could be wrong. I'm just pretending I know. It sounded it. good. <laughs> as long as it sounds good. Sound good to me. Sound like perfect, actually. <laughs> good. <laughs> now, is that actually on an island? It is. And there's buffalo on the island. Must be a big island if you're doing a 100-mile race, or does it go off the island? No, it is a big island. Okay, <laughs> must be. Yes, just out of Salt Lake. Uh, yes, it's a big island and there's buffalo and uh, kind of a neat, I've done a ride there once in the past and it, it was a nice ride. So that means you have to you have, to have uh, Arabs that aren't afraid of buffaloes. <laughs> Preferably, yes. <laughs> How do you train for that, by the way? You know, you just keep your distance. <laughs> that's, that's my plan. How do you train if you don't have a buffalo around? They're, they're hard always, to come by here in Florida. So uh, I bet yeah. so. Yeah, they're not always friendly. So so yes, you need to be a little bit careful around them. <laughs> <laughs> now the other thing you've got going on is what what's going on out there with the fires? Well, last weekend, um, I 
just had come back from riding my horses with my junior and we were putting them away and cleaning up and I looked up and all of a sudden this huge plume of smoke was coming straight for my property and it it was just this fire had just started just across the highway just about you know, a half to three quarters of a mile away and the winds were going 50 miles an hour and blowing the smoke and the fire. It it was just terrifying because it's like, oh gosh, what do we do? Because I mean, for a minute there, I couldn't even see my house from my barn. The smoke was so thick. It was, it was pretty scary. And they did you know, lose a house or two and a, and a, you know, some barns or garages and outbuildings and stuff. They ended up with like 35 fire engines on the fire and and they were able to save the rest of the neighborhood before it jumped over the highway into my neighborhood. Um, But they were doing evacuations. Everybody was alerted to either, you know, lower down they had to evacuate and where we were, we were told that it was voluntary, but that it would probably be a good idea to leave just because of the smoke. And so we were all, um, you know, the trailer was hooked up and ready to go, and, and we were ready to get out of here if we had to. Wow, that's scary. It kind of was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jeez, girl. <laughs> I mean, well, and what happened in your neck of the woods, Glenn? You you had uh, Hurricane Matthew. Yeah, we were fine uh, here, but uh, I was just going to say before we talk about that that we have another one of our hosts over on the Rodeo Marketing Show that lives in Colorado, and they, uh, I think they lost some buildings and things in a fire over there, in a big fire in Colorado. So uh, they had to rescue their cattle and, you know, all this stuff. And it was a mess over there, too, in that fire. Right. Yeah. It's it's scary. You know, and it, it really made me realize, you know, you have to be prepared ahead of time because, you know, I'm like, well, what do we need to take with us? Assuming we come back to nothing, what do and we need to And if the fire to, had become your, your direction, fat, I mean... It was moving along pretty good. You didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it, did you? It was like no, we wouldn't have if it had jumped over and kept coming at at that rate of speed with the fifty mile an hour winds blowing it. We would have just had minutes. We would have just had time to load the horses and drive out. And get out, yeah. Which and is what you do, right? I mean, that's what you do. Exactly. Yeah. Grab your animals and you know the and important go. stuff. Because who leaves their trailer hooked up? That's the other thing. I mean, nobody leaves their trailer hooked up. Um, you said yours was, or had you hooked it up it, in preparation? It, well, it was hooked up. I do tend to leave mine hooked up, but that's because I use it often. Okay, gotcha. So, um, but I, I, you know, I keep it hooked up. I keep the tires covered. So I, you know, took the tire covers off and, um, and you have hook- enough. You only have the two horses. Uh huh. Just two yeah, horses. Okay. So you can get them out. The people who have more horses than trailers is where the problem comes in. Exactly. Yeah. And they had the mounted posse over here with their stock trailers helping evacuate horses of, up to the fairgrounds. And, um, you know, which was fine. You know, it's just that there's a dirt road that's really rough that they had to drive over. They could have literally walked them up there faster. <laughs> <laughs> now, and remind everybody where you live. Um, Northern Nevada. Yep. I'm at the base of the mountains. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Which yes. we don't even, people from the east, like where I live, we only know Nevada by Las Vegas, so we don't think of big mountains. <laughs> we, think, we think of right. desert. Yeah. Right, yeah. yes. And and so, but it's sort of like, okay, what do we need to bring? You know, car titles, 
um, deeds to property, insurance papers, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, your passport, just things that aren't going to be easy to replace. And so I've gone back through all of our paperwork and made sure everything's in one you place. you have a fireproof safe? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yes. And, and so um, we went, you know, went through and kind of reorganized stuff because I hadn't really done that for, you know, 20 years. <laughs> so you don't think about those things sometimes, you know, you hear about it, like people are going to hear us talking about it, but then do they really go and actually do something about it to make themselves better prepared? And so, um, so it's a good topic to, to talk about, to, you know, encourage people to, to, you know, get their paperwork together so that they're not trying to run around in five different places and grabbing everything. And, you know, they are, they also with the fireproof safes, they're rated for different things. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to be careful when you're buying those too. Uh, exactly. Related for, re rated for different temperatures and, you know, certain different things. So be careful when you do that. Right. Just make sure you're getting the one you think you're getting. Exactly. Well, that's a mess. I, I you know, yeah. fire is so scary. Fire and tornadoes. You know, the hurricane is scary, but you have time to prepare for a hurricane. Right. You, know, you, you, if you can get out, but boy, when a flash fire or, uh, you know, tornadoes, you just don't know. But, um, you know, with the fires, it, it can come up, as you said, as you said, very quickly. And it was probably somebody who threw a cigarette out the window or something. They think it was kids uh, that started it. Yes, I know. Oh, my gosh. And one of the, the homes that burned down, the people weren't even home, I don't think. So, um, you know, so that's, you know, that's a bummer. Hmm. Yeah. Come home and your house isn't there anymore. Oh, I, well, yeah. And the highway was closed, so they couldn't even get there. They had both ends of Highway 395 completely closed, so people couldn't even get home. Yeah. You know, so. What a mess. Well, also, you have some rides coming up, right? I do. This coming weekend, there's a 50-miler in Red Rock uh, up by Reno, Nevada, and um, it's a 25 and a 50. Okay, you have slot and machines along the way? If you want, yes. <laughs> you could stop and, uh, sure. Um you can Gambling. make it a slot ride. Uh, you know, uh, it's yeah. Nevada. There's brothels. There's you know whatever. <laughs> That's funny. And of course, we're expecting weather to come in. Oh, of course, yes. Rain and wind, right? Yes, yeah, and you guys chances, are very windy chances, there. Chances snow. Oh, great! That'll chances be, snow. Yeah, it'll be your first your first taste of the white stuff for your season. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Well, we have a very special guest on here who is still going. Is this Valerie? Yes, is she... it is. Well, good morning, Val. How are you this morning? I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're getting a little bit of a late start because it's very cloudy and very cold. On the, I can hear the traffic's nonstop on 50. So we thought we'd take a later start and just go a little later this evening. Well, Karen, let's let's refresh for if you're just joining us on the show. We have Valerie Ashker on here, as she's been on many times before. Although we haven't talked to you in a little while, you've probably covered many it's states since we talked to you. <laughs> but uh, she is yeah. making her cross country ride, and you're in what state now? We are in Indiana, in Bedford, Indiana, off Highway 50. Is it flat? No, it's rather hilly. <laughs> oh, okay. And very treed. Oh, wow. Beautiful. 
Good, cool. So tell us about your last couple months. How's it? What what stands out for you, or is it just a big blur? Oh God, I mean, the people we've met. It's bar none, number one, what stands out. Um, the people we've met have been unbelievable. Illinois probably gets hands down the most um, likable state, the most helpful. I we had people driving even for two and three days straight in a row, getting me over the JB Bridge. Uh, over the Mississippi. It was amazing. People having us for dinner. It, unbelievable. Just a hospitable, wonderful state, uh, Illinois. Um, and those are the memories that probably mean the most to me. Um, probably second to that are the shape my horses are in and the fact that they have the go power to keep, keep on, keep on, uh, keep on keeping it going. And, um, that amazes me, and they're very fit. They look, they've lost their fat. They look um, uh, real <laughs> And so have you. Yeah, you have too, probably. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you end up walking a lot. I mean, if I were to go back uh, from the very first part, we've walked probably a sixth of this uh, distance um, ourselves, because I like walking the first four miles it opens my joints up and uh, my, I can watch my horses and hear their footfall on the road, make sure they're even. And it just kind of gives us time to, you know, get with the road and then we get on. And in the last couple of miles, usually because my bum's so sore, I get off and, and walk it out uh, home and loosen the girth. And they know, okay, we're almost done because she's loosened our girth and we're almost there wherever we're going to be. So it's always a different home every night, um, and uh, but they're so accommodating. So it's it's been an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing tri uh, trip across this country. And how far are you going every day on average? About twenty five miles. Whether I'm ponying solar, or Peter and I are riding, we get twenty like twenty seven. We did yesterday. Um, and that was a half a day of ponying and half a day of riding. It, the biggest problem probably has been finding drivers. Um, it, it, that's been, that's posed a little bit of a problem, you know, and, and they come and they donate their day to help us out. And, you know, through midweek, people have jobs. So it, that's been a little trying. Um, but we are, my mom and dad are flying in on the 18th from Sacramento um, and they're going to meet us on the road and take us home to Middleburg. Um, and so all hop drivers, all, uh, you know, they're, they're going to drive us all the way back from Cincinnati, probably area, a little outside of that, all the way through to Middleburg. Yeah. You better hurt. You better get going there. You're going to hit snow before this thing's over. Uh, I know we need to go. Need to go, go, go. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. You know that, and right? <laughs> you know what? The only problem is I, I can't panic because. The horses have to tell me how far they want to go uh, today. And I was and just kidding. Not, I really was, Valerie. <laughs> oh, I know that. I totally. But, you know, this is what makes this trip, because a couple of people said, we're going to do this. But what makes it really stressful is not, not only the little mules, the mini mules and the mini ponies running to the fence, and then your horse breaks loose from you and it's running down 50. <laughs> um, it's monitoring your horse. I mean, you know, if you if they're not eating enough, you lay in bed half a night wondering, worrying about it. Why are they not eating it? You know, they're getting bored of the grains, and um, they're extremely fit, so they're very punky. Um, <laughs> they they're like little pins. You know, anything ruffles their feathers at this point because 
there's not an ounce of fat on these horses. They, honest to God, they could run races at this point. They're race fit. They're tucked up. They're sleek. And, and, how, and so anything kind of sets them off. How are their feet holding up? You know, thoroughbreds aren't known for having unbelievable feet, you know, so how are they holding up? Well, they're believable. Um, yeah. We have uh, the um, Easy Care glue-on boots, uh, the gloves on solar, and his feet have been amazing. I mean, Peter's got a one will get flicked off if he spooks. He steps on the other foot, pulls it off. I mean, Peter's always uh, putting on one of the four that comes off, um, you know, uh, uh, at least once a month. But uh, for the uh, maybe twice a month. But for the most part, Solar is a no-brainer. He definitely fits in to the uh, easy, uh, the glove, easy care glove, glue-ons, and t- Primitivo. Now, that's an easy one. Um, I can't say he could go barefoot because when we do him barefoot, he's a little sore the next day. And I think because of all the moisture in the ground, his feet are a little bit softer now. Um, and it doesn't seem to help putting any products to make them harder because you're just in the start of, you know, it's fall. Oh, did we lose her? Are you yeah, there? The, no, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. thought we and lost you the Easy Care gloves, okay, the, the gloves seem to fit uh, Tebow really well. So hoof care has not been an issue. I mean, my horse's feet, if you take their boots off, you'd have to take a look at them and say, my God. I mean, they look like the day they started. They're They're, oh, good. they're beautiful. Well, sure. It's all that nutrition. You're feeding them tons of the bagged neutrina feed, and then that combined with the mm-hmm. stimulation and the exercise, I'm sure their feet are, are growing like weeds. Right. Pro- That's the probably. thing. It's so nice. Even in in spite of all the, the rain we've uh, had, I guess, in the states have had, we've had this little angel on my shoulder with weather. I mean, if a storm ha- is supposed to come, it already came and left, or it's going to come and we're out of the area. It's We've escaped really bad weather. I think we've had two days of not pleasant weather where it was pelleting rain into hail, and we were kind of stuck out there because our driver was way ahead of the game, and um, we, he couldn't get to us in time. But um, I, I am really happy about the weather. It, it was meant to be. It was destiny um, to come and do this ride at this time because it's, the, the weather has been astounding. There's never green grass in Kansas and in Missouri at this time, and it was copious amount of green, just green everywhere because they've had such a wet uh, summer. And um, so the horses have had access to really good grazing. Um, I mean, it's just amazing weather, and it's really weird weather, um, but we happen to chance it, and it's been favorable for us. Well, tell us a little about your entire entourage. Tell us a little bit about Peter and all of the animals that are now traveling with you. Okay, so we I, I have know you've uh, got Peter a new, Friedman. new one. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just, I'm we just looking Peter? forward to hearing this. Go ahead. Okay, right. And we've got Peter, who's riding the mighty Solar Express, my older retired event horse, uh, off the track thoroughbred. He's 17 years old. Peter's um, wanted to join my ride. He wanted to drive for me, but then he started thinking about it. He goes, Val, I want to ride too. Okay, Peter. So we pulled Solar out of a three-year hiatus um he has pssm so he's a bit more to manage because you want to feed him more but he's bored of the beet pulpy fiber feed and that's all he can really have so you can't give him any sweet or starch because um he's a sugar starch store so uh peter came he's come and 
we've had, I mean, he's the most master chef you've ever want to be. I mean, people, I'm not suffering by eating at all. His <laughs> famous potatoes, his fish that he's caught. I mean, he puts a, a line in the lake and not, not two seconds, literally one, two, there's a fish on the end of his, um, uh, on his line. So we have fresh bass. We've had, um, about three or four days on this trip of fresh caught bass. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's wonderful that way. He's very patient. He's very good. Solar, a lot of people want to come and do riding, but I'll be honest with you. Solar is an advanced level horse. He's very spooky. And, um, for the first time in this whole ride, people would interview us and I've fallen off twice in this ride. And Peter goes, yeah, you know, it's a shame Val's fallen. And, you know, um, I haven't fallen at all. <laughs> and I'm looking at him with this grimace. Like, wait, well, the other day, the other day, Solar spooked because of a construction sign laying on uh, the grass. And you couldn't <sighs> see it till you got over it on the side of the road. And he spooked off went uh, Peter. And you should see he has a, a pulled groin. And it is literally black and purple. And it's spread now down to his knee. So, I mean, Ow. it's a knot. He really oh, did a number man. on it. So, but he's riding today. And, uh, um, I mean, he's really been tough about it and really manned up to the plate. I always say buck up. It's Crozier Farm. That's the name of our farm. And, um, you know, he's like enjoyed this trip beyond measure. And, um, he's been awesome gluing the shoes on and putting the boots on. He's been like my little farrier, my glue on farrier. He's, amazing help and i could not do this trip without peter and then we have um uh the two dogs stella who's a five pound miniature pincher second love to my life to my daughter uh lane asker and then my uh other dog is a sheltie 10 year old aging uh huey um and he's precious beloved dog and then we went to the la- uh, fairgrounds a couple cities back, and this cat adopted my rig, and she would not leave. So <laughs> rather than Peter pull away with a cat following us, he put her in the back of the trailer, and now we have a gray cat, female. She's not altered. She's full of fleas. Now, I bought the flea medicine. <laughs> oh, no. That's not eating. But let me tell you, her belly's growing and growing, and guess what? I don't think it's from the Imes cat food. Oh, um, so I'm going to be putting a shout out. Please take a kitten because I'm pretty sure we have someone with little kittens in her. And I, you know, I, I cannot turn my back to that. So Adriana, we were listening to Vince Gill and Adriana is one of my favorite um, songs that he's written and um, recorded. And so we named her after Adriana. And, you uh, know, girl you can tell a on. horse girl she's the only one that would keep a cat in her trailer that she picked up as a stray. That's a horse girl for you right oh, there. Oh, God, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, you know, honest to God. And uh, and she stays with us. I mean, we have the, the, the trailer wide open and uh, all night. And I get up in the morning and there she is. And uh, so she's very happy. Like, she thinks this is home, the rolling, the rolling home on wheels. <laughs> Now, so, you have you had any riders joining you for like day day at a time? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had at, on three occasions riders come out and join us. They loved it. I think that our pace is a little bit, you know, it's a forward trot, and I think that um, some of the riders are weekend warriors. So when their horse gets out and they're starting to trot, they're very fresh, and you realize that okay we got to bring this back a, a few notches because, uh, you know, they don't ride every day and their horses are extremely hot under the collar. 
So, you know, you have to come back. And um, so I express to people that want to join us if, if they, you know, we do a trot most of the day and we'll come to walk on pavement and when we need a rest and then we'll trot out again. But my horses now are so adjusted that when they see grass, you don't even leg them. They go right into a trot. So we'll cross the driveway and then they're back to trotting without even asking them because they know it's grass and we're going. So it's like I would love to have more riders. The more media, the more attention on it, the better. And if we can get some more uh, ladies and gents to join up with us, and I mean, I'll, I'll take an extra day on my trip to have an entourage of people supporting this. And um, so I'm very much welcoming it. Uh, people just bring their lunch and uh, something for their uh, horse for lunch, and uh, off we go. You know, so Valerie, I'm I was. I'm using Highway 50. We were talking about it earlier. Karen and I were discussing it. Uh, we we followed several people that have done cross country rides and followed their journeys and had them on the show over the years, and I think that yeah, you know, none of them had the follow vehicle and they were doing it just you know just doing it and staying where they could and feeding the horses when they could and what they could and had no grain and they were basically just grazing. You're I think the reason that your horses look so good is they did have that you were able to give them good nutrition along the way which is so important. Some of these horses that we followed in the past looked pretty scraggly by the time they got done. Um and right. you know I think you're you're doing it the right way and and keeping them fed and healthy along the way. It's hard, as you know, you know, but you know, in some parts of these country, you can't find grazing. So there would be days at a time that it was tough to feed these horses unless they could find good graces of people to, you know, to take them in and give them hay and stuff. So I, you know, I think, I think that's helped you out a lot and it's been a good move. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm on a time frame because of seasons here. And um, I'm also, my farm is under contract and it's a 90 degree escrow. So if it closes, I got to be home and moved out with five mm. other head of horses shipped to Virginia. Oh my gosh. How the many? The thing about this is, is that <laughs> is time frame. If people didn't have a time frame, they could take a couple of years out of their life. They're probably, their horses would uh, probably benefit better because they can, you know, go to people's house and stay for a week at a time instead of a night and get them fed and watered. I know water, Karen educated me on that water is the number one element and so we've at any one time had 180 gallons of water on my rig so we never suffered for water and now we don't need it as much because of course we're in colder weather and they are not drinking quite as much as they were in the west but you're so right having a support vehicle has made all the difference and um, I really wanted this to be successful and their only way I thought it could be is with help and help finding a support vehicle. So, well, the, uh, go ahead, Karen. Sorry. Um, how is your rig holding up? I'm it's sure great. it's had I mean, a few, I've got about twelve thousand dollars worth of damage on it. Oh, um, you know, I have like <laughs> um, from people driving it and miscalculating parked cars and and curbs and. Oops, I think we're high. I have no plumbing on my rig at all. Um, we put oh, no. it back together at some point, but that was taken out the second day I had the rig on the road. So, I mean, you know, you get to the point, my daughter told me, mom, look, we're, I know you're anal about this. Like my truck is immaculate and I bought it in 07. I, it is, I keep my stuff very, um, you know, clean. I'm just, I'm a neat freak. Well, at this point now, it looks like Fred Flintstone could be putting his feet underneath my trailer and going because 
I mean, it really is. It's piecemeal together at this point. Um, but my daughter Lane said, Mom, your eye is on the prize. That is all secondary. You've got AAA insurance. You'll get it all fixed. But right now you got to make it. And some people are going to make, they're going to make mistakes, but they're there to help you. And you just need to focus on the positive and not the negative. And you know what? It really has got me by that, 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 that eye on the prize because, um, I mean, if things are going to get broken, they're going to get damaged. You know, as long as my horses aren't broken and damaged, then I'm good to go. And, um, everyone's happy. So I really, you know, so, okay. The whole side of my trailer is all dented in. I mean, and I have a 35 foot trailer, so that's extensive, but I'm looking at it right now. And, you know, it's just one of the facts of a trip like this. It's, it's a huge undertaking and it's one of the residual artifacts left behind. I have to ask you about the video from yesterday. Um, so you ha- I have to, you, you know, Valerie, I got to do this. So, so you had an incident yesterday. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the incident. It was, it was a doozy. A long, long story short. Um, I was on 50 yesterday and I've never been on 50 where it's so treacherous. I mean, and this is saying a lot after 20, 400 miles on 50. Um, this is, this is the worst part of 50 period in the end, because it's in, in woods, it's two lanes and it's lots of blind turns, lots of, uh, signs saying steep turn, you know, sharp turn, curb turn, curvy road next eight miles. And, and there's semis on this road. So how they even make it around some of the turns, I don't even know. But, um, after five miles, you know, and I was poning solar, solar yesterday because we had no driver. And Peter, we stopped and met for water. I said, I think you need to flank me because um, I, this is treacherous. And I, there's no other side roads to take. This is what I have, and I've got to deal with it. She said, agreed. So he followed me. Long story short, this little gray car comes up speeding behind, uh, uh, there was a line of traffic. And every time we could get over, we let people pass. But with Peter having the big rig on a two lane highway, that's curvy. There's not much, there's not much passing room at all. Um, and so this guy sped from all the traffic up and got ahead of me and slammed on the brakes and angled his car. So I couldn't go any further. And I thought, well, this is either a very, you know, in, invigorating fan for me that's going to say, hey, you kick butt, girl, because we've had a lot of people stop with care packages and wish as well. But it was not that, um, that case. Uh, I, he was yelling and his windows were up and I'm thinking, what's going on? So I went to take a step further. And again, he accelerated about two feet and slammed on the brakes as if to threaten me with his car. And I had solar on the right side i'm on tivo in the middle and this car flanking me on the left and behind or right beside solar was a guardrail and there was nowhere to go i I, we could not go anywhere i was pinned so um i looked back at peter in my rig which is like 30 feet away and he was smiling and then he had the worst look of horror in his face so i went to take one more step and the guy actually glazed my horse's back leg with his car and at that point i turned around no, really, a fact. And uh, my horse is fine, by the way, viewers. He he didn't take any hair off, but he did glaze my horse's back leg. Uh, oh, man, jeez. And, um, what an asshole. So and I'm going to use, that's the only term I oh could God. come up with. <laughs> no kidding. That is, and you know what it turned out to be? Peter 
By the time I could get out of there, Peter was already took, he had a huge wind up with his left fist and the guy, because he wanted to yell at me, rolled his windows down. Thank God, because Peter took his left fist and cold cocked him in the face. Oh, and it was turned out to be like a 68 year old man with his wife. She never looked at me. And he's a, before he, Peter hit him, he's a gas the road. And he didn't know that I had someone behind me following me, which was kind of dumb of him, but, um, that's fine. And, um, Peter tried to pull him out of the car. And as soon as he came to, he, um, you know, you don't think to take the keys and call the police immediately because he was absolutely trying to kill me at that point. Um, and, um, and he sped off. And, but it was funny because when I called 911, the police came, one of the sheriffs, I knew very well because he had uh, gotten us a fairgrounds the night before and, and made us comfortable. Um, and he's a horse person, but a trucker came uh, by and slammed on the brakes, got out and said, that guy was in a gold Impala and he was absolutely trying to kill this woman on her horse. And if you, here's my number and I will testify. Wow. And I said, well, just, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like, I'm now, you know, I'm not a very scary woman. I've ridden my motorcycle twice across the United States. I'm I'm pretty aggressive person. I, you know, um, you know, I don't have a lot of fears about things, but I will tell you this. I was a little bit scared. Um, it, because I was, I could not get off my horse to even get out of it because the what car was ass. right there. Just what so, an ass. I um, mean, what? Uh, yeah, it was real bad. And, you know, I'm so glad Peter was there. Cause well, he probably has there, a I'll headache honest, this morning. He that's We got I'm that sure going, does. right? I mean, <laughs> so. You know what? A headache or a broken jaw. Because Peter, if you know Peter, he's, um, you don't mess around with Peter um, at all. And he's 53, and he's like a 23-year-old um, in strength. The, the man is, um, and he's very undying, his loyalty to this cause, to me, to my horses. They're his horses. He loves them. And to see something like that. I mean, he was smiling the first time he stopped because I looked at him like, oh, you know, this will be a nice person. And then by the second one, he had the look of, of, of terror in his face and he swung open the door and ran as fast as he could to that guy. So okay. it's like, you know, I don't, my faith in humanity is not touched or escaped, but there are people out there that are psycho. And it really makes you realize why we have all these shootings and everything wrong with this world because there are people that are out there that are sick. And even at an older age, I, like, how dare he try to right. take a life of a rider and a horse? I mean, well, what is that all about? Well, Valerie, so, tell, tell, our, tell our listeners how to get in touch with you if they want to come and help drive for a day or offer support in okay. some other way. I, I have a Facebook page dedicated to this ride. It has my number on it, um, and it is called Second Makes Through Starting Gates. It's a number 2ND makes m-a-k-e-s through t-h-r-u starting gates um these horses ran at golden gate fields and there's a picture of golden gate fields and then there's a trophy in virginia and hoof prints across the united states meaning our ride um there's a gofundme page um (laughs) excuse me and i do video updates about five times a day uh when i'm not ponying when i'm ponying they're a little bit more few uh, because it's too hard to hold a camera and two horses. But, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing. And my horses deserve to be in the media up on top. I think they should be in the Thoroughbred Hall of Fame for doing this because well, there's 
if you see what they look like, it's amazing and how their ears are perked to go the next mile. It's just, they're amazing horses. They really are. Well, Valerie, we wish you all the best wishes and best luck for the remainder of your trip. And I'm going to catch up with you a lot sooner next time. And I'm looking forward to hearing about your great finish in Virginia next month or later this month. So um, best wishes to you and Peter and your whole gang. And thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Valerie. Oh, it's my pleasure. You guys are awesome. And thank you for, you know, bringing it out on media and um, all of those that embrace it. Thank you so much. Well, good luck and uh, stay clear of uh, old guys with an attitude, okay? Uh, <laughs> yes. Be safe. You be bet. safe out there. All right. There. We'll see you, Valerie. Okay. Bye, Val. All right. You guys take care. How scary is that? <laughs> no kidding. Jeez. Yes, this, at least they've made it this far without any incidents like that. And hopefully it will be only that oh, one. Oh, there's always a you jerk. Know, you know, yes. you're going to travel that many miles. You're, she's lucky she hasn't met more of those. Yes, I know. No kidding. But most well, of them have been nice and feeding her and, you know, putting her up and, you know. That's... Exactly. And that's how most of the people are in this country. Yeah. They are, you know, helpful and supportive. That, well, that's the, good there's Peter more was good. There to yes. uh, save the day. I know. Uh, so. I know. Well, our next guest is ready. We have Christine Amber from equestriantraining.com. Um, good morning, Christine. Sorry, we're running a little bit behind. Uh, good morning. <laughs> you don't have to bleep my name <laughs> if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, no, no. Okay, so we're going to have you talk a little bit about um, tra- uh, training and being safe around horses because I understand that okay. that's, that's part of what you do. Right, right. And And specifically, I thought it might be nice to talk a little bit about the trail and some of the issues on the trail. Um, and, and then I, and, and I speak, you know, from experience that I, you know, I, myself personally, I've never had a bad wreck, but we did have my husband have to be uh, helicoptered out. And that taught me one thing is you should always have a piece of identifying material on your horse and, um, and on your, and on your saddle, mm-hmm. uh, when you, especially if, if you ride alone. And uh, when you ride in groups, I think it's really important to have a, a per- somebody should know who has the first aid kit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, because often, you know, if you're, if you're in a group, you may not, you know, sometimes, every, sometimes people carry it automatically and other times they don't. So those would be two very important things to talk about. Um, and as you know, I sell the Hit Air Equestrian Safety Vest. Uh, helmets and a uh, safety vest are your best bet at coming out of some kind of an accident with your head and your spine intact. Right, exactly. So what would you suggest putting in a um, first aid kit? Uh, going well, okay. Right, right. So for people, of course, you know, an ice bag, you can't, you should never do aspirin or anything like that. So the, the, the ice, ice packs that, uh, break are good. Um, some sort of a, a, a compression bandage, a light compression bandage, um, baby diapers for horses and people are mm-hmm. very good for bleeding and horses have a great big spline, spleen, excuse me. And so if they get cut, they bleed a lot. And, and sometimes that could, that can be more scary. So it's, it's good to know that they can bleed a lot, but, um, uh, 
so something to apply pressure if you get a good cut. We had an incident where a horse it's steps its back end off a cliff and then it you know it it scrambled back up, but she was pretty cut up and you know so you want something to apply to that pressure and a, a, a wrap bandage and same for a person if if they get uh, you know uh, cut. So uh, betadine solution diluted because you can mm-hmm. flush any wound with that. And, and it can still be stitched. Um, and I, I'm not looking at a list, so I hope I'm not forgetting right. oh, the no, obvious. Right. Oh, no, <laughs> so, of course, you know, bailing twine, you know, in case you need to repair something quickly or, you know, I don't always ride in a halter bridle. And so I, I do ride English. I would use a cavison, pull the bit off of the bridle and use a cavison to tie my horse. I mean, Mm-hmm. History says that's what the cavison was. It, it used to be a halter anyway. So that there's two places to start. Then, then the other thing is, you know, know who you are riding with. A lot of people, you know, we make casual acquaintances to ride, and not everybody is training and training fit. You know, the, your last rider, wow, we, you know, going across the country on thoroughbreds, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, you know, not, not everybody is as well-schooled or as well-prepared. And just knowing some basic horse psychology, like when, when one horse sees another horse's rear end, it wants to go faster as a general rule, and especially the hotter ones, you know, the ones that compete, mm-hmm. unless they've really been trained to be controlled. So, you know, you're going to – things will be set off in a group of horses – when you have people that, uh, you know, always go ahead or the worst is they go ahead about, you know, a, a quarter of a mile and then you're on turns and they're coming in and out of view. It drives the other horses crazy if, if they're that kind of a horse, you know. Now, some horses are just incredibly good about being held back and, and uh, but, but some won't. And then if they do run, Chasing them is absolutely the worst thing to do because generally, uh, you know, a horse is going to come back to its to its buddies. Mm-hmm. So n- knowing some horse psychology and you know people who ride on cliffs, you worry about your horse's front end. You point him down that toward that cliff. You don't turn him away because he'll step off the back, but right. he's not very likely right. to step off the front. Things like that. Right, and I saw on your website trail. you had posted a photo showing something that wasn't safe, where, where you had a group of children <laughs> around a horse. So, so tell me I about that. I have to that. laugh. Uh huh. Okay, I have to laugh about that. That was actually a solicitation from a therapeutic riding group. So I, I have to remember that picture. So it shows a bunch of kids, one riding double. You know that that's dangerous. The the children, I don't think, have... I mean, the horse looks pretty dead broke, but still, say a beast on it. I mean, these are the things that are accidents, the things you can't... You cannot predict. And I go through this with everybody who comes to my property. You know, I tell them, hey, if I point you at a fence and I tell you to jump it and you fall off, that's my fault. But if you're riding and a truck comes through my fence and you fall off, it's not my fault. People often don't understand the difference. So in a case like that, here you have a horse on a lunge line with no no um, large human, no adult holding the horse's head, mm-hmm. and you have kids walking behind it, walking around it, and you had even even a, a, an adult was walking back there with two kids on the ground. 
a horse is a horse is a horse is a horse mm-hmm. is a horse. It, you know, it really doesn't matter how well they're trained. They're still a horse. They are still able to act like one, kick, bite, spin, sure. trip and fall, you know. So, you know, to, to have a, a group of kids around horses' legs, sitting on horses' backs, without somebody having that horse's head, it's a, it's a, a, a high-risk, a high-risk situation. Right. It is. I know, you know, you see stuff like that shared on the internet all the time and uh, it's just totally unsafe. You know, oh, my horse. I love my horse. He's so good with kids. My horse is so good with kids. He's going to protect my daughter. You know, well, I hope so because it's just, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing to see a bad accident or I've done some expert witness things and, you know, you, you read some horrible things, you know, about kids hanging under horses and getting kicked to death and it's horrible. You know, so it, it, it sure is. Well, you know, thanks, yeah. thanks for coming on this morning. And um, I, I know uh, you, you offered to give a discount on your products on your. Okay. Uh, this yes. This on the, morning. on the hit air safety vest. Yeah. Okay. Sure. okay. And, and your website yes. is equestrian training.com. Should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hard well, to spell with the, all the IAs. <laughs> EquestrianTraining.com. Well, thank you and I have a, for, for joining okay, us this okay. morning. And uh, I know it's kind of quick because we had Valerie on. And, and I saw you have off-the-track thoroughbreds, too. Well, that's why I wear an air vest. <laughs> <laughs> and a helmet. Yes, I do. <laughs> Good for you. Yes, yes, and a helmet. Right. I, and I love them. I like riding cross-country the old-fashioned way where you jump over fences and that kind of stuff is fun to me. So, Yeah, good, good. Well, have a good day right. and, and thanks again. Thanks, Christine. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And it's equestriantraining.com is the website. You can go there and check it out today. Well, we have to take a break for one of our sponsors, Distance Depot. And then we're coming back. We have another guest lined up. We're going to be talking a little bit about what the history of endurance coming up in the show, which is kind of interesting. I love that stuff. So we'll be right back. Well, good morning, Kristen. Welcome to Endurance Day. Good morning, Karen. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're experiencing a change in weather right now going into fall and then winter. And I understand you've got some new uh, clothing items to tell us about. Yeah, we sure do. Um, As fall and winter approaches, it sure is nice to be warm when you're out at the barn or riding. So we have um, some new items specifically from Carrots. Um, a pretty nice clothing designer for equestrians. They have really good fashion, and their products work well in the saddle. Um, We have three new jackets for fall. One of them is the Outsider Barn Jacket, which is waterproof, and um, all of the critical seams are sealed, so you're going to stay dry. Um, Lots of pockets, a hood, and, of course, it's split in the back, so if you want to wear it riding, you're not always sitting on it, which is really uncomfortable um, if you have a jacket that isn't split. So a pretty cool jacket there. And um, then they have a fashionable shearling bomber jacket, and if you haven't seen this jacket, um, it has a, a fake fleece on the inside. It's just very attractive in a dark gray um, charcoal color. It's a mm-hmm. very jacket. Yeah, that's and, really cute. Yeah, um, just a fun thing to have, keeping you warm to and from the barn. 
And they also have a new stretch panel riding jacket this season, too, which just, it has lots of stretch. So while you're out riding, you know, it's not too warm. It's, I think it's just a really nice jacket for spring and fall. Mm-hmm. And it's cut really nicely. It is. Their, their fashion is really Very flattering. Nice. It looks, yeah, it looks nice on everyone. And like I say, everything moves with you. So just really comfortable while you're riding. We also have some new tights for fall. Um, we have a sit tight and warm um, wind pro tight, which has fleece on the inside, pockets for your phone, Perfect. a long knee patch, and they've um, lightened up the bottom of the leg too. So if you wear a half chap in the winter or a boot, um, there's not too much bulk there. Yet you still get to stay warm in the saddle. Wind mm-hmm. and, and water resistant. Um, just a really nice tight to go along. You know, they've had this power stretch tight that we also offer. It has pockets for your phone, too, and everybody's about having their phone with them. Um, So just nice options, um, really nice tights out there. Right. Yes, they've got a lot of nice different styles, boot cut. um, And I'm really glad they're starting to add the cell phone pockets. I'm always trying to figure out what to do with my phone. Yes. Yep, and you sure, surely want it with you um, should you should you become Need it. separated uh-huh. from your horse. Right. Okay. So, yeah, pretty neat. And they've also come out with a new wool sock this season, which, of course, has fun horses on it. Um, and it's breathable, lightweight, even though it's wool. And you can, of course, throw it in the washing machine, easy to wash, and um, really fun socks for, for fall and, and winter, too. I see that. And a nice uh, they got a nice little headband. <laughs> they do. It will keep your ears warm. We have a neck warmer, too, that we've put on clearance. You should visit the clearance page, too. There's some um, fall and winter apparel there, too. Um, just trying to get everybody geared up for for um, fall and winter riding. Right. And I understand you've got some big news to tell us. Yeah, we do. Um, we have a couple things, actually. One of them is a, a new, improved, um, fast and free shipping. We've taken away the 10-pound limit which is exciting for those that want to really load up their shopping cart. (laughs) Um, So that's pretty new. And also we're moving um, to a bigger, better warehouse and a bigger um, retail location. So we're really excited, and we hope to be in our new building, um, hopefully by the beginning of November. That's exciting news. Yeah, we're very excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, more room to bring in more gear. (laughs) <laughs> good that's great okay if yeah. somebody's interested in ordering any of these things or taking a look um at all of the products you offer how would they do that they can surely visit us at thedistancedepot.com or give us a call we'll we're more than happy to help you um 866-863-2349 you can also request a print catalog well thank you again Kristen, for joining us this month thank you karen well, we appreciate appreciate Distance Depot keeping with us all these years. They've been with us for a long time, almost since you started, I think, years ago. Almost, yes. Yeah. Well, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning. This is the Endurance episode with Karen Chatton, the goddess of endurance. Um, and you, we, we didn't get through all the announcements earlier. And one of the things I wanted to mention, we, we talked about this the last time that you were on, is that your husband, this seems to be happening a lot with the horse women that die. 
I know is their husbands take up bike riding and uh, <laughs> like bicycle riding, not motorcycle riding. And your husband went crazy with it. Our guest wrangler, Denise's husband, has gone crazy with it. He just started riding two years ago and now is doing distance riding. And yours is about to do, about to equal you. I know. He he goes out and he rides 40 or 50 miles on his bike in a day, like three, four times a week. And he's doing passes, mountain passes. So he's doing tons of elevation. And uh, he's it's one of just, those crazy people we see out there in the spandex. And I go, oh, my God, how are they I doing know. this hill? <laughs> yes, he's as addicted to that as I am to the horse thing. And it's is this kind new of funny for him, too? It, it is in the last year he took it up. So um, how old is he? Um, 60. And he took it up at the age of 60. Wow. Yes. And he's out there. Uh, he's I have hope two, yet, Karen. I have hope yet. <laughs> I know he's done two century bike rides, which are 100 miles. And uh, I think he did the last one, which was down at Mammoth in September. And he did it in about eight and a half hours. So, wow. so he's not only outdoing me with riding more miles. He's in, a in week better than shape I than I you now. But he's doing it faster than I can do it on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you beat. He's in better shape now. He can probably, he probably goes faster too. Those bike riders fly. I know. Yeah. I know. They, they yes. Just fly. But it's it's great, you know, it's great to see that he's, you know, and he'll be cutting back in the winter a little bit just because, you know, it's not as much fun to go out and ride, you know, yeah, when, when it's, it's icy, icy and that bitter does, cold yeah, and, and snow, icy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, now, does he have a, a uh, stationary bike in the house for when he can't go out in the winter? Um, You know, he has a stand so he can just put his bike oh, on the stand bike and ride yeah. right it. So, um, yes, but he's always been very active. So now, is, has he been spending thousands of dollars now on new bikes and stuff? Um, not so much. You, you know, he, he does have the carbon fiber bike to keep up, you know, with his wife's carbon fiber saddle. And, um, you know, it, not so much. And, and in fact, it's a, it's a much less expensive sport. Oh, I don't hobby. know. We were talking to a biker the other day that just spent like 15 grand on his bike. Yes, so. you can do that. Yes. You, you can <laughs> and if I was you like, want to. What the hell right. is it made of? There's like right. nothing to it. It weighs two ounces, and which is why I guess it's 15 grand. But, but then you don't ever have to feed it. <laughs> well, that is true. New tires, though. They seem to new go through tires. a lot of tires. But that's no different than, you know, new hoof boots or no, new shoes true. for your horse. That is true. <laughs> that is true. You're right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about history. History. Okay, Lori uh, Olson, who's a longtime endurance writer, she's been writing endurance, um, I'm sure she'll be able to, to tell us for many, many, many years, has written, authored a book called Endurance Years Gone By. And um, we're going to learn a little bit about some of the history of those that came before us in the sport of endurance writing. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, tell us about your book. Um, well, it's something I've had in the back of my mind for many years now because so many new people have come into the sport of endurance and they don't know or, or have never heard about all these wonderful, wonderful horses and riders from, you know, the beginning, the 70s and 80s and even the 90s. So um, I just wanted some sort of way to... Uh, preserve their memory and keep it alive. So I just 
I, I researched it and nobody had ever written a book about all these people and horses. So I thought, well, I'll do it. And I did. <laughs> you did. Okay. So, um, just tell us, give us a little bit, let's start with, uh, say Wendell Roby, give us a little background on him and how he got, you know, modern endurance started with the Tevis cup. Well, it was, um, uh, a challenge that was put out that, um, he read in, I think it was Western horseman and he answered that challenge and, um, Thought of the course from from I think it was from Nevada to you know through the Sierras, uh, riding 100 miles, and he, he the person who put out the challenge didn't show up, but him and four other men did in 1955. They did their first uh, 100 mile ride through the Sierras that eventually was, is the famous Tennis Cup. Um, and from there, it just grew so much uh, just over the years. And, and from that came AERC and, and um, came an international sport just because of his 1955 ride to Sierras. Wow. Wow. And I know you um, – so when you did the – each chapter was on like a different person or a different horse. So how did you go about putting those together? Did you personally interview um, the people? Yes, I did. Um, if if they were still around or I would talk to people who knew them or family members, first thing I would do is go through all the old records, everything I could find through – uh, endurance news, trailblazers, saddle action, uh, endurance digest, um, look for a written record, uh, go online, look at the Tevis um, results, uh, AERC records. Uh, then I would then I would go through and just start um, seeing who who was uh, who knew this person, who knew this horse, who rode with this horse. And just start calling people and, and talking to them about them. And it was really a lot of fun because it, I talked with people I had never met before. They never, they don't know anything about me. Um, but I got to know them and, and they were all so uh, willing to give me information and, and talk about, you know, what happened 40, 50 years ago. It was wonderful. I know. I love the history of some of these great horses and the and the riders and the things that they did. Um, is there any one horse that you wrote about here that you'd like to maybe tell us a little bit about their record? Well, um, two horses really stand out to me, and that is Rita Zarif and uh, R.O. Grand Sultan, Rio. And talk, I, I knew Rio uh, pretty well. Uh, he's the uh, he's the last chapter in the book, and he was written mainly by Becky Hart and three time world champion. Um, you, you look at him; he's just a little unassuming bay horse, um, but just had a cart of gold and ten thousand miles and three world championships and racing champion and national champion. He just won everything multiple times, and he was amazing. And I knew about him. 
and he was a, a great inspiration to um, to get this book started because I didn't want people to forget about him. But mm-hmm. in chapter one was uh, Rita Zarif, and I only knew him from a name on a list. Right. Um, he, he won Teva six times. So he was in the seventies. That was before I was involved with endurance. And I didn't really know him, anything about him, except he won Teva six times, and uh, I didn't know anything about Donna Fitzgerald. Well, researching him and talking to people, he was an amazing, amazing horse. Um, and so was, and Donna was an amazing person, and she managed him brilliantly that early on when we didn't have... Uh, you know, all of the complete feeds that, that we have today, no electrolytes, no fancy tack and clothing, and um, it was all very basic, but she just studied her horse and and was uh, in tune with every single thing he did, and she was able to ride him to his, to his potential. And, and um, I'm just so impressed with, with both of them as a team. Um, and I didn't know anything really about him except they won Teva six times. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really, really impressed. And people who knew both Rio and Wida Zarif say that they are the two greatest endurance horses to ever set foot on the trail. And, um, you know, I didn't know that when I started. Right. And, and now I do. So I want to share that with everybody else that these and everybody in between that I wrote about it, it, it was uh-huh. just, just wonderful stories and accomplishments and really pressing endurance in the sport and trying new things and seeing what the horses can do and because we just didn't know exactly and they accomplished and, it right and I see there is a chapter where you're talking, you're discussing the mules from the Great American Horse Race and Verl Norton. Tell us about him. Well, um, Verl was a San Jose man, and he was really into uh, horses and had a ranch and um, heard about the race and um, excellent horseman and, uh, you know, a wonderful person from everything that I've learned about him. And he knew that the mules could hold up to do the race across the country, whereas a horse, not as as sturdy as a mule, um, would have more difficulty. And he was very um, methodical on his, his approach to the race. It wasn't about speed. It was about consistency. And he kept to his plan. He kept out of trouble. Read the chapter, a few of those chapters. There was a lot of trouble going on in those races. And uh-huh. he just, every, every night when he'd finish, um, his son... Pierce would take care of the mules and he would study his course for the next day and know what he was doing and kept, like I said, kept out of trouble and kept to the task at hand. And those mules were solid as a rock. And um, one of them did go lame at the, uh, in Nevada at the end and he pulled it from the competition. But Leroy, he um, made it to the end with Rupert Um and overall, time-wise, um, ended up in first place. It was it was very impressive. Um, and the and the Great American Horse Race, for those that don't know, um, it started in New York. 
was it, Lori? It, it did. It started in New York and finished in Sacramento, California. So they rode across yeah, the entire they, United States. They did, Well, in theory, they did, but actually there was a lot of trailering that went was on. Was there? There were a lot of places. There was. Uh, there, was had a, there were a lot of problems with the race, financial problems, trail problems. And they did have to um, trailer quite a bit to get from one point to another to then to continue riding. So um, they didn't get the mileage in that they had originally planned on, um, but they did make the trip across the country. And, and one of the things mm-hmm. I wrote about in that chapter is it was kind of the birth of the multi-day rides. Uh, Dave Nicholson was there as one of the veterinarians for the Great American Horse Race. And when things just started to go south and uh, a lot of problems arose, he broke off and started his own Pony Express. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And and it was the, from there that the multi-day rides um, came into being. So that was one of the reasons I chose to write about the Great American Horse Race is because multi-days are so popular and... Who thought of it? Where did it come from? And when did it start? And it kind of started there. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a very interesting chapter to write. I know. I bet it was a lot of fun learning all of the history and, and being able to, to write it and document it. It was. It was. I, I enjoyed each chapter and um, writing about each horse or person and, and, you know, with each chapter, I had to talk to a whole different group of people. And, um, some of them were, you know, like, like we as a reef, I didn't talk to Donna. Um, but I talked to about 15 other people mm-hmm. to get the whole story. And, um, and then there, like chapter two is El Carbage, which was Hal Hall's horse. I only talked to him because he can give me the whole the whole story. But, you know, either way, it was just uh, a fun process. And, and everybody was so, so willing to give the information and happy to have it come alive on, 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 into a book. Okay, if anybody so would like would like to order a, a book or get in touch with you, how would you suggest they do that? Well, um, I would suggest they just give me a, a, drop me an email and my email address is endurancehistory at gmail.com and I'd be ha- happy to set you up. I am on PayPal. We could get that, um, get it off to you. Uh, it's on Amazon, um, I, I'm encouraging people to go through me rather than Amazon because I am donating back a, a percentage of all sales to the AERC Education Committee. And when you buy it on Amazon, I don't really get much of anything. So there's okay. nothing to donate. Okay. So that's why I'm encouraging people to go through me because this way I can give back more to uh, the Education Committee. That makes sense. And you have um, it in, in a paperback form? Do you have it for um, e-readers? I do. It, on Amazon, it is in, in the e-reader. Um, but I have it 
either paperback. I keep, I'm keeping about 50 to 100 at home all the time so I can send them off as soon as, you know, I, I get um, a request or payment then I can get them off to people. Um, and it's really nice in a, in a paperback form, the pictures, um, most of them are colored. Some in the seventies, of course, are black and white, but the photographer mm-hmm. Charlie Barrio at that time was all black and white. And he took the most magnificent photos in those early years. Um, I even wrote a little bonus chapter about him, one of the founders of AERC. And he's just a very, kind of quiet person in the background to uh-huh. me and he didn't he didn't even ride but he took beautiful photos and it's nice to have this in a paperback form to look at these pictures that that he took and then of course all the others in those 80s and 90s are on color Okay, well, thank you for joining us and telling us about your book. I'm looking forward to getting a copy myself. And uh, I'd like to suggest to the listeners that this would be a great gift to give to somebody, especially somebody new in the sport that doesn't know who any of these people or horses are. So thank- Yeah, that, that is my target for, for writing this book was for the newer people. And um, I hope that even though you don't know who they are now, if you get the book and read it, you'll know how, how important they were and how they helped shape the sport into what it is today. Um, and it does make a great gift. Well, thank you again, Lori. Have a great day. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you um, giving me the time to tell everybody about this book. Well, good luck with it. I hope you sell a lot of copies. Well, there you go. That was I love history stuff, and I'm glad that there's people like her that take the time to fill a gap. And obviously, there was a gap here. So, right, uh, right. Yeah. Yes, it's always interesting. You're at a ride, and somebody brings up, you know, somebody's name, and the new writers are like, "Who's that?" You, you know, just like a few months back, I interviewed Trilby Peterson, who has a chapter in Lori's book, and also has um, one of her horses is in there too, and. Uh, New people are like, who's that? Uh, they, you know, and this this person rode over sixty thousand miles in the sport, and the new people, because she's not riding anymore, have no idea who she is. Right, exactly, and, yeah. And, and I think that's true in eventing. It's true in all the sports, you know. I, sure. I think new media has helped that. You know, some of them that are still around that are still active and still doing clinics and things. The George Morrises of the world, you know. Uh-huh. Uh You you know who they are still, right? Um. But that's partly because of new media. I'm not sure you would so much if it was just word of mouth and like it used to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to get this stuff kind of documented and have it. And there's um, a lot of work, research and work that goes into that too. It's not. That's it's just a lot of work. <laughs> sure. Sure. It really is. Well, good. Thank you for getting her on. We appreciate it. Jennifer's going to have links in the show notes on today's episode at Horses in the Morning. Uh, So if you want to find the book or anything we talked about today, you can do that. But you know what? The one thing they didn't have back in the day and that you have now that you don't have to worry about anymore is your horse's feet. That's right, because now I've been using Renegade hoof boots and I've been using them for several years now. On both of my horses, they've done literally thousands and thousands of miles in them, and they're very easy to use. I've got 
um, my junior writer, she's now 11, and she puts them on and takes them off for me. And um, they're they're great. I would suggest if anybody tries using them, if they have any trouble, um, to contact the company at renegadehoofboots.com. They're very helpful. You know, they they want everybody to be happy and be successful using their boots. Um, they're made in the United States. They come in several different colors. There's a couple of different models to fit your horse's feet, depending on your horse's hoof shape. Um, you know, you can match your horse's tack colors to them, um, which is sort of cool. Um you know, just uh, can't really uh, recommend them any higher than, you know, I just have to say they're the the best, easiest to use boot that I've ever used. And my horses are happy. I mean, just look at their records. They've literally done, you know, thousands and thousands of miles in them. And um, you won't see a lot of lameness pulls on, on their records. And so uh, the boots have helped them, you know, stay sound and their feet are healthy because I'm able to keep them barefoot when I'm not riding them. And it's just an overall great product. Terrific. And that's renegadehoofboots.com, I believe is the website. And of course, colors you can get lots and lots. Yes, of colors. Colors. Colors is the important <laughs> thing. Colors and it protects your horse's feet. What more do you want? And they're easy. They're you know, easy. that's the, the main on. thing. Because really, if you have an 11-year-old kid that can put them on and take them off, then, uh, you know. Even I could do hard. it. I think even you could do it, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Karen, for putting this together. We really appreciate it. Uh, tell everybody where they can find the rides across the country if somebody wants to give it a try for the first time and maybe yes. do one of the shorter rides. Uh-huh. Go to aerc.org and there's a ride calendar. You can look up rides near you based on your region um, and state. Uh, great way to learn about the sport is to go and volunteer if you're not quite yet ready to do an actual ride. Many of the rides are offering intro rides that are maybe 8 to 10 miles. Or you could start with a limited distance ride, which is usually around 25 or 30. And just, um, you know, start with whatever you're comfortable with. But, you know, go go to a ride and, and you know, you'll, you'll make friends. Uh, you'll learn an awful lot. Have a great time. You know, the one thing you'll hear from a lot of veterinarians is that uh, endurance riders um take the best care of their horses because they really learn their horses because one of the things we always put first is their welfare and safety and so we're very careful with them um that's why um like when valerie um ashker for example started before she started on her trip she came and visited with me and um wanted to learn as much as she could about how to manage her horses on a long trip like that and so it just shows you that you know endurance riders um, you know, they want the very best for their horses. And so if you go um, get started in this sport, you're going to learn an awful lot and have a great time. Did Did Valerie say earlier that she had 500 horses? Did she say that? No, five. Oh, five head. Five. I, was five going, head. I was going, I thought I heard 500. I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> That's a lot of Oh my gosh. You know, I'm so I'm so excited for her that she's made it this far. Well, she sees the light anyway at this point, I think. Uh, well, she almost saw the light yesterday, but uh, she sees the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, you know, she started out rather roughly with within the first 
you know, a few weeks, she came off and broke her uh, clavicle and some ribs. You know, she was kicked. Y- y- you know, her driver quit. The plumbing came out of the trailer on the second day. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was she- really the test about whether she was going to keep going or not. I know. So, you know, she's faced adversity and overcome it. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, you got to say, she's definitely given it her all. She's tough. She's tough. Nobody can go that distance without being tough. Getting on every day and, and then the hours that she's even walking on foot, you know, that's just amazing. And then for her boyfriend, to be doing this right along with her. He wasn't even a, a writer before. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I could do that not being a writer. You know, that's know. a tough road. That's you know, tough. It, and of course he's riding the bigger horse who's like 17 hands, you know, getting on and off a horse that size every day, day in and day out for five months would, <laughs> you know, would be tough. Sounds like it's good he was there yesterday, though. So taking care of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, no kidding, we wish yes. her the best. She's going to be done in Virginia, and I'm sure she'll be happy to see her daughter, and every everybody will be uh, glad to see her pull in there in Virginia. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll be back here tomorrow. Jamie will be back on Horses in the Morning. Of course, you can find us at HorsesInTheMorning.com. All the past episodes of The Endurance Show are on there. Just go search for Endurance at Horses in the Morning. It'll bring up all the past episodes, and there's a lot of them now. You can listen to them at any time. You can listen on our app. We've had people downloading our app from all over the world, so you can do that as well. If you'd like to listen on the app, just go to Horse Radio Network and iOS or Android. Download it. It's free. It's easy simple way to do that and uh you can find karen at karenchatton.com karenchatton.com a lot of terrific information on there about endurance riding and and tricks that she's learned over the years so you can check that out as well thanks to our sponsors renegade hoof boots and also to distance depot we'll see you all tomorrow morning everybody thanks karen thanks glenn have a good day 